Hello, everyone, and welcome to another uh, podcast. My name is Brandon, and this week uh, I feel led to talk about uh, the heart. And the title of this one is uh, A Heart for God. And it really is our responsibility as believers to know the condition of our heart, to tend to it, to think about it, to truly allow God to come in and heal areas of brokenness and wounds, um, anger and bitterness, strife, all this stuff that comes out of the heart. Uh, we need to be aware of these things because they are um, the, thing, the, the very thing that produces the fruit of our life. Uh, which we'll get into the scripture later about how it talks about the issues of life flow out of the heart. And I'm not talking about your physical heart, you know, your natural heart, the heart that beats in your chest. I'm talking about the heart of your soul, your being, um, that place of your your mind, your will, your emotions, the soul realm of um, those areas where you experience pain and disappointment in the areas where you experience joy and pleasure and how your heart is affected by all these things. The, the, the center of your being, of how you live for God and how you serve God, how you live uh, your life um, in, in our society, how you view people, how you see them, all that is affected by the condition of your spiritual heart. And, and the message uh, that I want to get into and before I do, let me just go ahead and pray. Father God, I thank you so much for anyone who would take the time to listen uh, to me talk about your word. I pray you bless uh, them. I pray, God, that the word would go deep into their spirit. I pray, God, that you would move upon their life. I pray blessing over them. I pray peace over them. I pray your grace and your mercy and your loving kindness be over them, God. And I pray, God, as we go in into your word, Lord, that your presence would be felt, that your peace would come upon them, God, that they would just feel a nearness to you um, as they give time and really uh, give it to you, Lord. And I just pray that you would use my lips, use my life, Lord, to speak truth, to speak into the hearer's ear, God, truth and anointing, and God, that there would be a movement in their life, a shifting in their mind and in their heart, God, that they would see you clearer, brighter, God, that they would have an image of you that's pure and not tainted by the world, tainted by uh, pain and disappointment, but that they would see you truly for who you are, an awesome and amazing God. So really, this is about us developing our heart. You know, we can, we have a responsibility in life to be sensitive and to pay attention to the thoughts, like uh, the Bible says in Corinthians, take every thought captive. Well, also the heart of of your life of of the feelings of of the vision of the passions of the dreams all those things come from this place in you that is unseen to to the natural eye people can't see your thoughts people can't they can try they can you know by the spirit maybe know what you're thinking but ultimately we don't read each other's minds we don't walk around judging people's hearts and knowing but we can what we can do is judge the fruit that is being produced in somebody's life right the the um, things that they speak out of their mouth can can let us know what's going on in their heart and in their mind. The way they speak about other people will reveal what type of person that is. Um, what they think about somebody else, you know, is very important and is coming out of a place in their own heart. 
So first of all, to have the power and the ability really with God to allow him to do something in your heart, right? To give you a new heart. Even in the Bible it talks about, um, I'll give you a new heart, a heart of flesh, a sensitive heart, not a calloused heart, not a hard heart, but a heart that's sensitive to God, sensitive to, to people, to your family, to those around you, that you would have a love and a compassion for them and not and not be selfish and not be boastful or proud or arrogant um, and care about yourself or think about yourself, but that you would truly allow the Lord to come and give you a greater perspective on those that he puts in your life that are around your life and that your heart for them would be his heart, not your heart, not a natural fleshly heart, not a heart of uh, selfishness or whatever it is, but a heart uh, that is giving and loving. So in James 4, 8, we'll go ahead and um, talk about this scripture first. But before I get into it, I'm going to read this note here I have. When mentioning drawing near, right, because this scripture talks about drawing near to God or coming close to God, we think about space. Well, if we need to draw near to God, then that means there's space. There's that we're not near him. We're actually distant from him his heart, his thoughts, right? What he thinks and what he feels. When we're when we're near to God, then we're near and we can feel his heart. We can have the thoughts that he has about our life, about others. But when we're distanced from him, we don't. We have our own fleshly heart. We have our own thoughts, our own uh, emotions, and the flesh gets involved and begins to uh, dictate to us our life and the way that we treat others and think about others. So, we need to close the gap there. So how do we do that? We come close to God. God says, if you come close to me, I'll come close to you. I'll draw close to you as you position and begin to move your heart. Well, what does that look like? It looks like you saying, God, I don't want my way and my heart and my everything that's negative in my life to be controlling and motivating my life. I want you. So to get you, I have to come close to you with my with my." Uh, not only my heart, but my mouth, what I speak, what I think upon, the word of God. I need to put your word in my heart. I need to eat of you. I need to drink of you. And when I say that, I'm talking about uh, spiritual things, listening to messages that are uh, by anointed preachers, people that minister to you, that you go, wow, God spoke to me. Um, listening to a podcast like this is a way of, of feeding your soul by, because I'm talking about the things of God. And as you digest and let that get into your spirit, it gets down in there in the unseen realm and it begins to move. It begins to change and do things in your life. So let's go ahead and read uh, James 4, 8. And it says, starting at verse 8, James chapter 4, come close to God with a contrite heart. He will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your unfaithful hearts. So we see this, God, or James is saying, come close to God with a contrite heart. Come close. This is the Amplified version, by the way. And the other versions say, draw near and I'll draw near to you. But I like the Amplified because I'm doing some teaching and I, it kind of expands it. So come close with a contrite heart and he will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. So... There's this coming in from a place in your life of realizing, man, I don't got this figured out. You know, I, I need help. I need help in my life. I can't do life by myself. You know, a lot of people who have that negative stuff, they, they're, they're in this 
individualistic. I'm going to do it myself. I got, you know what I mean? And they keep people out. They don't want people in to those places in their life. They isolate themselves. So in this situation, we're saying, God, I need help. I need other people. I need mentors. I need people to help me see myself, but also help me to know exactly what it is that you're doing in my life. So as we come close to God, um, our heart is in a place of, I need you, God. The voice, that the cry of our heart is saying, I need you, Lord. I need you in my life. And as you come close to him, he is there to move close to you. He's not moving slowly. In fact, especially with the desperation, because God moves with desperation and hunger. When you're hungry and you're desperate, he's not a he's not an ugly God. He's he's going to, when you cry out, he's going to move. And if your heart is open to receive from him, you're going to experience a touch of heaven. You're going to experience God's presence and he, it, but it's coming from that place in you that's that's genuinely saying, God, I need you. You know, it's not a half-hearted God. If you're not busy, will you help me? No, it's a God. If I don't have your help, I'm gonna die. I'm not gonna be able to make it in life. And God, He will come to you swiftly when you have that type of cry in your heart. And He says, "Wash your hands." What does that mean? What are you doing? What are your deeds? Are your deeds pure? Are they holy? Or are they impure? Are they unrighteous? You know, what, what is it you're doing uh, with your deeds? Purify your unfaithful hearts, you double-minded people. Realize that you're not in control of your life. You don't get to say what happens, but you get to have God and submit to him and come up to under his authority and his rule and say, God, you are the ruler of my life. I'm not going to no, no longer allow there to be a double-minded where God's mind is there, but then the flesh mind is there and they're contending and they're trying to fight and say, well, the flesh the flesh mind saying this, God mind saying this, and you're double-minded and you're unstable. And you make bad choices, then you make good choices. You make, you know, we want to have a consistency in our life. So we don't want to have that double-minded, uh, un, un, you know, you can't make a decision. You're always like, oh, I don't know, you know. Uh, no, we want to be uh, able to make decisions and know that they're good decisions. He says, be miserable and grieve and weep over your sins. So here we go again, talking about recognize that you need God. You, without the Lord, you know, humanity is broken. It's busted without God. And there's people that try to do good and they can do good. They can do good works, but your good works, um, even if you did the, you were perfect, like Mother Teresa Mother Teresa was still a sinner. Without Jesus, she still dies and goes to heaven no matter, I mean, she still dies and goes to hell no matter how many children she helped, no matter how many people, good deeds she did. Without the blood of Jesus that forgives her of her sin, she she's not going to earn anything from God because God's not asking us to earn anything from him, right? From the From the sense of works of the heart, he's wanting us to partner with him and the things we earn from him are in unity with his spirit. As as we walk with him, uh, he blesses our life. So be miserable and grieve and weep over your sin. Let your foolish laughter turn to mourning and your reckless joy to gloom. Humble yourselves with an attitude of repentance and insignificance. What does that mean? I, we really, without God, we are nothing. Without God, we are nothing. So... With an attitude of repentance and insignificance in the presence of the Lord. So we're humbling ourselves. We're coming and we're saying, God, I, I don't have this figured out. I don't know 
I don't I don't know how all this works. I, I, I need your help, God. I, I'm broken. I'm busted. I'm coming to you and I need you and I'm repenting. God, forgive me for this. Forgive me for these attitudes. Forgive me for these ways that I am that has caused pain or heartache in my life, God. And he says, if you do this, he will exalt you. He will lift you up. He will give you purpose. Not your purpose, not other people's purpose, not your mommy and daddy's purpose that they gave you, but he will give you his purpose, what he created you for, what he has put on the inside of you, what he's been shaping and forming in your life. And then it goes into believers do not speak against or slander one another. He who speaks self-righteously against a brother or judges his brother hypocritically speaks against the law and judges the law. If you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge of it. So here, I like how he's saying, look, if you want to come close to me, then here, here, right after this, he's going into, look, be careful what you say about your brother. Don't judge self-righteously. Don't come like you got your, like you got it all figured out and you're talking about people. Do you know how many Christians, I mean, and I've been in this place in my life as well, but you get into this like place where you just kind of can sit on, especially if you're doing good in your life or you feel like, you know, you're having, you're not, you don't have the struggle or the hard time you see other people having. You can real quickly get in a self-righteous position where you start looking at people and, oh, well, if they would just do, oh, they just figured this out. And you get in this kind of self-righteous place and where you get proud or whatever, and you can talk and you can just start talking crap about people when ultimately, you know, we can, you know, we don't know people's hearts. God knows people's hearts. We're there to love them. We're there to encourage them. And yeah, if there is some uh, something there that we can help them with, then yeah, we can bring correction uh, if it's, you know, that type of relationship we have with them. And uh, we need to be able to have that in our life because if we don't, then how will we ever know, you know, uh, where we fall short? And trust me, all of us do. Uh, you know, I've been in around the things of God and Christianity for 20 over 20 years now walking with people in relationships uh in a lot of times when you get close to people you begin to see where their um you know their line is their wall is everybody has walls in relationships and as you get to know people and you get past those walls those walls come down and the deeper you go and the more connected like you know, usually what happens is those walls are offenses, like people get offended by who you are, what you say, maybe the way you think and or the way you talk, whatever it is. Those things can now be an offense that the walls go up and the relationship can't go any further until those walls get broken down. And sometimes those walls are self-righteousness. So to get close to God, we can't have this view of ourself and look at other people in a bad way, especially how we talk about them. Uh, behind their back when they're not in the room. And when you get around uh, ministers and you get around certain things, because it's such a com- competitive, it's com- uh, to be competitive is in our nature. It's in our society. We're trained that way as kids. We're graded. People get good grades. People get bad grades. There's scores. All this stuff has produced this, you know, this con- contention and competitive spirit. But what it does is it can get real rotten and negative if it's not purified by the spirit of God. It becomes gross. And next thing you know, people like in politics, they're talking crap about people. They're wanting to make somebody look bad or say this person's that way. And they'll open their mouth and they'll say horrible things about people that they're called to love. 
that they're called to actually lead and they're called to actually minister to. And we just don't want to be hypocrites. We don't want to be around people one way and then behind the scenes be just tearing them up, saying all kinds of crap about them. Um, I remember I said this uh, in a message. I think it was last week's message. I, I, I had said, you know, I'd rather have a relationship with somebody who talks to me directly and says the things they think in their heart about me than have private opinions about me in secret, right? Those are the type of people you want to like stay away from because there's something there. It's like an open door in their heart for the enemy to come in and try to bring uh, junk in your life for them to say things they shouldn't say. So he says, believers, don't speak against or slander one another. He who speaks self-righteously against a brother or judges his brother hypocritically speaks against the law and judges the law. And if you judge the law and are not a doer of the law, but a judge of it. So we got to be careful with how we uh, judge and, and talk about one another. Uh, let's see. To draw near, one must know that God has invited them to fellowship with himself. So we know that God's not saying, hey, I'm busy or, hey, you know what? I'm not interested in you. Actually, God's the voice of God is to every soul, to every human being. Come, come. If you come, if you if your heart draws nigh to my, if you just turn your heart's attention to me and cry out to me, I am there. I'm inviting you to get to know me. God is saying, I'm inviting you to come and to get to know who I am in my word by being around other believers that know me, that being around other people that represent me well. And we know this is a problem when you have people who don't represent them well. And then the next thing you know, you have Christians who are baby Christians and they get hurt or they get offended. And the next thing you know, they're not serving God because they've had people around them who don't represent God well. And the next thing you know, because they didn't establish that connection with him initially. And that's the most important thing we need is that connection with God. Um, because if we can have that that one-on-one intimate relationship with him, then it doesn't matter what other believers say or think or how or or you know how they treat you. You you know God loves you. But what happens sometimes is with baby believers is they they get around a minister or whatever, they take advantage of them, they hurt them, they wound them, and then the next thing you know, they think that's God. Or maybe they have a picture of a of a father who was aggressive, who was re- a religious minister, but yet was unloving and hard and bitter and you know, was very disgruntled. Uh, and the next thing you know, the the child thinks that this is the way God is. You know, we're it, who God is and the example of what we can actually give of who he is is so minuscule on a scale. Now, that, that I don't think that that's endless. I think we can go as far and as deep with God as we want, allow him to come in and take up as much room as he can. But then again, until we meet him and we're like him, in the sky, right? We we cast off this mortal flesh and this body. Our ability to really shine the uh, we just can't, we can't compare. We need people to see him and know that they're pursuing him and not a relationship with just us, right? We're there to help as guides, as pastoral uh, uh, pastors who shepherd and care for and help people um, connect with God. 
but we cannot be, become the ultimate example of who God is. I've met many ministers. I've been around many ministers. Not a one of them has ever been, has ever compared to who Jesus and the Holy Spirit is to me in my life personally and who I see in the word of God. I could, if I let my flesh and, and the enemy in, I could pick out and find a, a hundred reasons to be disgruntled and, and bitter and angry at people in my life. But I choose because of who God is in my life not to allow that to happen. And so we got to keep our heart pure and let God uh, be the one who has that place in our heart to really begin to to sensitize us to his to his voice and to who he is, because it'll keep us free from some of those traps the enemy tries to set up in our lives through having dysfunctional people in our life. Um, Let's see here. Draw near to draw near. One must know that God has invited them to fellowship with Himself. It's an invitation to get to know Him. God is saying to us, "Come, or turn your mind, will, emotions towards Me, for I am here, ready to open myself up to you." So we have to turn our mind, our will, our emotions. Everything begins to turn towards this being, right? Because of who Jesus is, we we know we can put our mind on God. We can put our mind on even the cross. We can think about what Jesus did. We can look and read the word and think upon his words. And that's turning our heart and our will and our mind towards him, giving our life to him. We can go to a worship service, a, a, a conference, whatever it is that turn, that's talking about the things of God, right? Not just some, you know, like uh, nowadays they have these like almost self-help conferences. Christians turn into like these weird you know, motivate, get motivated and and be great, but yet they don't deal with heart issues. They just stay very surface, right? Surface level stuff. Because when you get to the heart issues, you're going to see that people really have some deep rooted things that have to be uprooted and they're not, it's not pleasurable. It's not something that you're like, oh, whatever. It's pleasurable afterwards when it gets broken off your life and it gets removed out of your life, then you feel free and you're like, hallelujah. But uh, some of these places we go nowadays, I mean, you're just getting information and people are explaining to you something, but unless it gets in your heart and it completely changes your uh, mind, your will and emotions, then it's really not doing much to help you. Um, you know, so I would encourage you to find some good, uh, you know, some places where you're seeing movement in people's lives, where people are getting healthy, they're getting stronger in the things of God and not just going and eating like you know a fast food meal and then leaving and then having no passion for God. They go right back to the things of the world and talk about the things of the world. That's their desire. And there's no real true passion for the things of God. Um, here's the next point. It says, our heart is always the source of life from where our mind, our thought life, our will, our ability to choose, our free will, we have free will. We can choose what we think upon. We can choose um, where we're going to go, what we're going to do. We have freedom, right? How are we going to live our life? There's a freedom there. Our emotions, the way we feel, right? The, the, the thoughts produce feelings. Feelings come in, whether they're depressive, they're, they're oppressive, they're negative. They can really produce this, this weight, right? Um, if they're joyful, if they're happy, if they're if they're pure and holy, then it can produce a almost like a weightlessness where you you just feel secure, you feel happy, you feel blessed, you feel 
uh, nothing's impossible. I can do anything, right? Because there's that freedom in the Spirit of God to go out and to just embrace life with um, this this love and this trust that God uh, invites us into. Um, our emotions, the way we feel, comes from our heart. So all these things are coming from the center of our being where there's uh where God is, where the Holy Spirit comes to live and dwell. So as we partner with him, he begins to kind of work like the behind the curtains, the Holy Spirit's in our, in our soul realm uh, and all these things are working and he is that holy, uh, righteous, pure thoughts, pure motives, pure feelings, all these things. He, he's, he has holy emotions, right? He can give you emotions that are pure and holy. He can give you thoughts that are pure and holy. He can give you uh, uh, the will and the desire to do the right thing, to do the God thing, to do what God wants you to do. Um, when we struggle with our faith, our love, trust, and obedience, relationship, peace, joy, all these things, when we're struggling with these things in God, it always comes back to heart issues, uh, the source from which all issues spring forth is our heart. A lot of uh, addicts, a lot of sin issues, a lot of things that people deal with in their life, uh, I would say 100% of the time, or maybe, you know, there's a percentage where people don't have control or whatever. And, you know, I, I, I don't understand the full fullness of all this. All I know is that a lot of times, if you go back and you're able to get to the heart of the matter with the root issues in people's lives, those heart issues, um, then if you can bring healing and truth and wisdom and life into those places, then you're going to see that begin to produce fruit in their life. You're going to see it come out in their life. And when you do, it's a beautiful thing. But then you can also see where the enemy tries to come in through relationships, through disappointments, through things that happen, death in a family, a sudden loss, sudden tra tragedy, um, Maybe somebody uh, that they trusted and loved, uh, uh, disloyal, um, you know, they hurt them. They, they try to stab, they stab them in the back, whatever. They, they, they find out they're talking crap about them. They're saying ugly things about them. These type of things the devil uses to get at our heart and to cause calluses and wounds and, and these broken places to get us bitter at people, bitter at life. And then the next thing you know, we're making decisions and living our life out of this funky place. And um, then it produces fruit accordingly. And it's not good. So we need to draw near to God. We need to come near to him. We need to let the Lord into those nooks and crannies of our heart and let him do what he wants to do. And you don't want to be around people like when you're when you're broken and busted. You you don't want to be around broken and busted people. You're not gonna. It's like the Bible says, blind leads the blind. They're both gonna fall into a ditch. When you're around people who need healing in their heart, you need people who. I'm not talking. Look, nobody's perfect. Okay, we all have issues. But what I'm saying is, you need to be around people who are who have wholeness in their life because they will produce after their own kind. They will produce wholeness. If you're around broken and bitter, then they will produce broken and bitter people. So you want to be around people that can pour into you the, that wholeness of God that they've experienced, and they can help you attain that in your own life without judgment, without you know uh, self-righteous 
bitterness and like making you feel bad and condemnation. No, it's an invitation from God. And we partner with God as ministers to help people get healing for those disappointments. Doesn't mean everything's answered, but they can definitely connect with God and God can begin to minister to their life and they can have that intimacy with him uh, that we have or have had in our life that has brought healing to our life. So in God, it always comes back to the heart issue. Here, let's go to another scripture. This one is Proverbs 4, 23 and 27. It says, watch over your heart with all diligence for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you a deceitful, lying, misleading mouth and put devious lips far from you. Let your eyes look directly ahead towards the path of moral courage and let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you towards the path of integrity. Consider well and watch carefully the path of your feet and all your ways will be steadfast and sure. Do not turn away to the right nor to the left where evil may lurk. Turn your foot from the path of evil. I like this because at the beginning we see watch over your heart. So it's a command for us. Watch over your heart with all diligence. That means do it and do it well. Don't do it half, you know, butt job. Don't do it half-heartedly. Don't be like, well, I'm going to kind of, you know, I know this is the truth, but I don't feel like dealing with it. No, be diligent, even when it hurts, even when it's frustrating. Watch over your heart. Look into your heart. Ask God to give you eyes to see the, the issues of your heart. For from it flow the springs of life. From it flow the springs of life. That pure, holy goodness of God, the fruit of God that's produced, that feeds um, this, the, those good heavenly things in our life, or it can be corrupted. It can be gross. It can be polluted. And the next thing you know, you got polluted, bad fruit coming out in your life. And it's going into, again, put away from you a deceitful, lying, misleading mouth. So it's going back to what's coming out of your heart. What are, what are you speaking? What are you saying? Put devious lips far from you. Uh, talking, again, bad about people, negatively about other people, talking bad about, you know, having judgments, putting things on people that God never told you to put on them with your mouth. Watch your mouth. Be careful what your mouth says. And when it does say something, you better feel it in your spirit. You better feel it in where God says, ah, shh, don't talk about them that way. Don't say that about my children. Don't say that about people I love. You got to let God into that place in your life so that because it's just going to hinder your own life when you allow for those things to be there. It's actually polluting the well that God has put in your life. It's actually causing pollution, not only in your life, but you're trying to and you're literally being used by the devil to pollute others lives. Let your eyes look directly ahead towards the path of moral courage. And let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you towards the path of integrity. Doing what you say. Doing, being integrous is, if you say you're going to do something, do it. Right? The Bible says, um, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And then it goes in and says, and if it's anything other than yes and no, then it's from the evil one. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Because anything other than this is from the evil one. That devil-mindedness, that 
that where he comes in and he's bring he's tainting our mindset or he's tainting our life and by not by us not being pure in our thought by being truthful by being honest by being real by being uh open about where we're what we're struggling with right when we can't be open then what happens is it allows for the enemy to work and then he can produce things in our life that aren't uh, good for our life. Consider well and watch carefully the path of your feet. Watch where you're going. Watch where your mouth is taking you. Watch where you see yourself hanging out, seeing what your actions are doing. And all your ways will be steadfast. If you consider and watch well, be diligent. Make sure your heart's in a good place. Make sure your heart's pure. If you do this, all your ways will be steadfast and sure. Do not turn away to the right or to the left where evil may lurk. Turn your foot from the path of evil. So as you're on your path, as you're walking and you're hitting some negative uh, strides, you you get into a bad situation with somebody, somebody hurts you, whatever, forgive them, move on, forgive them. Discern what relationships need to be in your life, discern what relationships don't need to be in your life. Bring people around you that are healthy, that are that are good, uh, solid people that speak life, that speak to your vision, that speak the word of God over you, that pray for you, that diligently, uh, you know, contend for God's best for your life. Those are the relationships you want. You don't want people around you who are jealous, who are envious, who are who are haters. You know, uh, and God will give you wisdom. God will give you discernment. He'll He'll allow for you to know how to how to guard those areas in your life. And you can do it in a way that's wisdom, that's loving, that's pure. And it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, disgruntled or gross and immature. It can be very um, smooth in the path that you walk where you don't have to go to evil. We get temptation um, where, you, you know, whatever you struggle with, if it's drugs and alcohol and God set you free, then don't be hanging around with people or don't let... Don't turn to the right or to the left and go down a path that leads you to those things because it's just there to ensnare you again and take you and, and affect your heart for evil and not for good. That's Proverbs 4.23. Uh, another scripture, Matthew fifteen eighteen through 20. But whatever word comes out of your mouth comes from the heart. And this is what defiles and dishonors the man. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts and plans. Murders, adulteries, sexual immoralities, thefts, false testimonies, slanders, verbal abuse, irreverent speech, blasphemy. These are the things which defile and dishonor the man, but eating with ceremony unwashed hands does not defile the man. So this is where the Pharisees are coming to Jesus and say, why don't your disciples wash their hands? They're ceremonially unclean. And then Jesus says, well, it's not what goes into you, what they're eating. That's you're, you're concerned about this religious washing of the hands. But do you know that you have all this in your heart, right? You're, you're teaching people to wash their hands, but you're not teaching them to look at their heart, to, to, to actually have a sensitivity to what comes out of their mouth. Again, it's going back to the mouth. Draw near to God. How do you draw, right? And there's a scripture that talks about these people draw near with their mouth, but but their hearts are far from, from me because they're giving God lip service. They're saying, I love you, Lord, but then in their heart, they have murders, uh, they have uh, murderous thoughts, they have adulteries, they have sexual immorality, 
They're talking crap about one another. They're they're judging. They're they're being ugly. They're being what what uh, is in our natural nature to be like, and that's fleshly to be carnal, to be um, competitive and and vying for position or just being gross in 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 relationship with people. Drawing close to God is dealing with the hard issues that you have with other people. You can't get close to the Lord and the Holy Spirit if you have funk in your heart towards other people. If you have unrepented sin, if you have un uh, dealt with issues in your life on how you have treated somebody in the past or you haven't forgiven somebody who treated you in the p- bad in the past all this stuff will pollute your soul will p- pollute that heart and allow for uh, the enemy to get a root in you so but whatever word comes out of your mouth comes from the heart and this is what defiles and dishonors the man for out of the heart comes evil thoughts plans so it's not necessarily um, just what you speak, but it's like words are thoughts, words that come from the heart. They could be thoughts. They could be impressions on your soul that are negative, right? Feelings, insecurities. Oh, there's a big one, right? Insecurity. How you, how you view yourself is a direct representation of how you'll view other people because you have to love yourself and, and have that healthy view of yourself to really love other people. Um, If you hate yourself, if you think you're no good, you know, if you think you're, you know, somebody's better than you and you or they have what you don't have and you get jealous or you get envious and you start having this gross, these gross thoughts and they go unchecked, they will produce sin in your life. They will lead you to a bad place. Uh, Here's another scripture, Romans 10, 10 through 11. For with the heart, a person believes in Christ as Savior, resulting in his justification, that is being made righteous. So here we go, like the whole, uh, our whole salvation, the basis and the foundation of our salvation is coming from the heart. The heart has to believe, the heart has to confess, not just your mouth, not just your mind. You're not getting saved in your mind. Well, I believe in my mind. No, believe in your heart. It comes from that 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 place of depth in you, um, that you are righteous, that you've been justified, that you're free of the guilt of sin and you're made acceptable to God. If you don't know that in your heart, it will not last more than, you know, for some, it's only a little, it's only a season. But if you want that longevity in walking with God, it has to go past the mind, past the, 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 the outer kind of uh, layer of that inner man, but goes deep into the heart of you and you are believing at a level um, that, that, that God wants. That's the actual place that God wants. You know, you hear people talk about we're all born with a void and people try to fill that void, whether it's through relationships, uh, sex, um, drugs, rock and roll, whatever it is, you know, or, or uh, ambition to be great and famous, like all these things are just, you, you think if you get that somehow you're going to be fulfilled and happy. You think, well, if I just get married, if I just have kids, if I just have that job, if I just, if I knew that person, if I could just be in this place, if I could just do that, I'll be happy. I'll be full. No, I'm telling you right now, you'll never be full and happy if that's what's motivating you. You'll always come up empty. You need to have a passion and a desire and a hunger for him.
for his heart, for his mind, that that's who truly satisfies, that's who truly fulfills those places in our life is him, is the Lord. And uh, he's good. He's awesome. And he, he deals with all these issues. Um, it says this, it says, resulting in his justice, that being made righteous, being freed of guilt of sin and made acceptable to God. And with the mouth, he acknowledges and confesses his faith openly. You're telling other people. Other people know you believe in Jesus. It's in your, you are excited about it. You are passionate about it, resulting in confirming his salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him, who adheres to trust and relies on him will not be disappointed in his expectations. Why? Because your expectations are in getting to know and be like him. It's not in the flesh and in the world and in all this car, all this stuff the world tries to pump in you. You're going to be disappointed if you're looking to those things to be your source of life. I'm telling you, they're empty. You might have a season of uh, a little bit of excitement, but I'm telling you, it's fleeting. It'll leave you just as quick as it came and you will feel miserable with everything. You can have everything. You can have all the nicest things and be miserable. You can have the hottest wife, the hottest husband, the most popular, famous person in your life you can be friends with. And guess what? Just as miserable and empty without God. God wants to fill the place that he designed to fill and live. And when he's not in that place, you will never be truly happy in your life. Another scripture, Luke 6, 44 through 45. For each tree is known and identified by its own fruit. For figs are not picked from thorn bushes, nor is a cluster of grapes picked from a briar bush. The intrinsically good man produces what is good and honorable and moral out of the good treasures stored in his heart. And the intrinsically evil man produces what is wicked, depraved out of his evil, the evil that is in his heart. For his mouth speaks from the overflow of his heart. Luke 6, 44 through 45. This is Jesus, right? This is him teaching. Says, uh, hold on, sorry. I got lost here for a second. Um, For each tree is known and identified by its own fruit. For figs are not picked from thorn bushes, nor is a cluster of grapes picked from a briar bush. The intrinsically good man, that means at the center of of the man, if he is good, if he is a a good fruit tree, will produce what is honorable, moral, because it's coming from that what is stored in his heart. The evil man, the man who robs, who steals, who's conniving, who's manipulating, out of his evil heart will produce what is evil, right? He'll, he will end up in a bad place in his life at some point. And you see it all the time. You just go through history of all the bad guys, all the, uh, I don't know, Al Capone or these, these guys who had the lavish, the gangsters, the thugs, the the mobsters, the guys who tried to get the quick buck, right? Make, get rich quick or whatever it was like, um, by using ungodly ways or ungodly methods, uh, lying, cheating, stealing, um, uh, adultery, all these, all this stuff that you, that's sinful. If when you do it in a moment, it may not, you may not reap the benefits of it. <laughs> well, it's not really a benefit, but you may not reap the repercussions of it 
but eventually in your life, you're going to experience it unless you come to God. And like we just talked about earlier, unless you repent, unless you come and you're saying, God, I need you. I, I want to draw close to you. I want you in my life. You're the Lord of my life. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to mess up. But if we don't have a relationship with God, those things just compound. And like the Bible says, store up, store, storing up wrath for the day of judgment. You're storing up wrath to come. And we, we want to store up righteousness and goodness and the rewards that God has for us in heaven and not store up, uh, you know, busted, brokenness, disappointment or uh, have what we do be burned up because it's, you know, flesh, carnal and nonsense. Um, we want the Lord to be glorified and honored in our life. And when we do, we will produce the good fruit. Right. Because it's coming from that place. And I just want to focus on this real quick and then I'm going to end. But it talks about uh, right here. What is good and honorable and moral out of the good treasure, good treasure stored, stored in his heart. So you can actually put things into your heart. Right. The word of God, healthy relationships, good people. Um, when, when you're tempted to do something wrong and you do right, you're storing good things in your heart. When you don't talk crap about your, your family or your enemy or those that you hate or those that are, hate you and you don't say things that are wrong and you don't uh, malign their character or say things about them, um, when, you, when you don't do that, you're storing good in your heart. But when you do that, you're storing bad. You're storing evil. It says this right here. Produces what is depraved out of evil in his heart. His mouth speaks from an overflow of his heart. And the interesting evil man produces what is wicked and depraved out of his the evil that is in his heart. So we can store good. But if you're evil, if you haven't dealt with the heart issues, if you haven't let God come in and purify and clean up the area out of that heart, you're going to have adultery. You're going to have uh, lust. You're going to have uh, lying, stealing, uh, broken relationships, busted, uh, you know, marriage uh Kids that are strange, kids that don't love, you know, that are that are far off from you. Um, you're going to have things that are in your life because of the evil that's in your heart, because you didn't let God come in and truly bring health and healing to your soul, to, to that heart area in your life. So, God, right now, I just pray, Lord, that this word, a heart for God, that we would have a heart for you, Lord, that you would. Give us a hunger and a thirst and a desire, God, to want to have such a deep relationship with you, to be connected with you in such a way, God, that you emanate, that you shine from our life, that our thoughts, that are the things that are going on on the inside, behind, under the hood of our life, God, are pure. They're holy. They're not negative. They don't, they're not suspicious. They're not backbiting. They're not, you're not gossiping. You're not, you don't have all this, you want to, you want to, you know, hurt somebody with what, what you say or, or how you act. Like all that stuff is from an evil place. But God, we want purity. We want blessing. We want life. We want abundance. We want everything you have for us, God. In our, in our marriages, in our, if we're single and, and we want to be married, in our future mate, that the ones we pick, God, wouldn't be busted Good on the outside, but busted on the inside. Looking beautiful, but just busted, God. I pray, God, for healthy relationships, healthy people that would be in our life, that would surround our life. God, that we would place on purpose, because you tell us to be diligent, to guard our heart, that it's part of our responsibility not to just let any uh, you know, 
Joe Blow into our life. Any any person just come into that place, God, but that we have guards up. We have Holy Spirit guards to know who to let into those places and who to keep out of those places. And God, that we can be led by your spirit. We can build great, long-lasting relationships with people of character and integrity of, of a heart that's just pure, God. And God, that we would, uh, there would be unity, there would be blessing, there would be joy, there would be peace, and there would be those that would fight alongside us in our life to pursue the plans and the will of God, to pursue the purposes of God in our life. That God, that those people would become, and that we would become for those people, watchmen on the wall, that we would be linking arms with them uh, to to pursue uh, what you have for our lives. We bless you. We thank you, God. I pray your peace, your love, um, your joy over those who listen. And God, this week, God, I just pray you would meet them in that place of their heart, God, that they would have an encounter, that they would experience you in a way they never have before, Lord. A fresh, fresh touch from heaven for them, God, as they turn as they come to you hungry and thirsty and saying, God, I need you. God, I draw near to you. God, I draw near to you so that you can take my heart and do what you want. Do what you want with my life. Do what you want through my life. In Jesus' name, amen.